Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. So we've got lots of really good stuff on the counter back there. But if you don't have a copy, you'll probably want to get a copy afterward. But one of those things is uh, a crafted prayer that we're going to begin praying as a spiritual family. So that's what I want to start with tonight. So join with me in spirit. Father, we ask you to raise us up as a people of worship and prayer. We're not satisfied with where we are with you. So we ask you to draw us nearer to you. We ask that you would establish your altar among us. We ask that you would teach us to birth things in prayer. That you would teach us to pray from heavenly ground. We ask that you would send your wind and your fire into the Church of Cheyenne. Remove debris and bring forth desire in your people. And we ask that your throne would be established in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yes, Lord. Can you say amen? We are honored tonight to have David and Kathy Melson with us from Resurrection Fellowship. Bev and I have known <clears throat> I think it must be at least 20 years that we've known David and Kathy. Um, I remember my youngest daughter being five years old and being there with David and Kathy at Res and um, so that's been about 20 years ago about uh, was it two or three years ago <laughs> I can't even remember when my middle daughter was married Kathy performed the ceremony for us uh, David is the business administrator I believe at Res and uh, as I've told people before, he's produced some of the best financial reports I've ever seen in my life. They're detailed down to the penny, and uh, they give you a real picture of what, what's going on with uh, giving in the church and what the church has been able to do as a result of the support of the, the ministry. Um, Kathy has been leading prophetic ministry and the healing room 
for I don't know how many years, quite a, quite a few. I remember when Kathy first began to move into prophetic ministry and to lead prophetic ministry, she began to train some people within the body, and we would have meetings, I believe, once a week to begin with. Um, and that's probably been 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> a long, long while. But we're honored to have them be with us tonight, and we've asked Kathy to, to come and share with us. So I just ask you to open your hearts and let God let God bring his word to you because he wants to change your life tonight and he wants to do some powerful things in your personal life and in our body here. So Kathy, come. Hi, how are you guys? <laughs> so basically what Arnie's saying is that we're really, really old. Hey! <laughs> but um, man, it's, uh, it's a real honor to be here. Um, it's a real honor to be here. There's a real sweet spirit, real sweet presence of the Lord that's here tonight. Um, and I believe the Lord has given me something for you guys, but... I want to pray first, and I just want to ask my husband to come and pray, if that's all right. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you for your loving kindness and for your goodness, and for your mercies that never cease and are, are new every day, every morning. Father, we just lift up this time to you. I just ask for just pour out your spirit upon Kathy as she speaks. Just give her clarity. Lord, uh, just stir up the gifts of exhortation and teaching and prophecy that she has. And Father, we just know that tonight Jesus is going to be lifted up and he's going to be glorified. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We've been married 31 years. And yeah, and we have three awesome kids. They're all serving Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, that's huge and probably the most important thing in my life that could ever happen. And then, now we have three grandkids and one more on the way. So they are the best thing that God ever put on the earth. I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced. Um, but uh, before we get started in um, the message that I, I feel like God has given me for you guys, I, I feel like um, when I was preparing for this, that uh, the Lord gave me uh, just a few words of knowledge to, and I know you guys have a healing room here, so you guys know how to pray for healing, right? Amen? Um, yeah, I, I, so I'm just going to release those, and um, if that's you, if, uh, if I hit the, hit the nail on the head, and you have this condition, if you could just raise your hand so I, I can see where you are. Um, the first one was allergies. Is anybody suffering with allergies? Yeah. Is it um, anything to do with gluten or dairy or anything like that no yeah okay um oh way back in the back okay allergies um then the other one was like a left hip joint any problems anyone have a problem problem in their left hip hip that's you there you have a right hip we'll do the right hip too yes absolutely um yeah and then the last one was uh, a right ankle something wrong with your right ankle okay everybody's right ankle okay 
Joy, you raised your hand. Okay. So um, those of you that, that said yes, you raised your hand, would you stand up right now? So um, this is how we do it at Res and how we do it in the healing rooms. I believe that the body of Christ is absolutely anointed to pray for the sick. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and you'll see them recover. He didn't say, you know, pastors and prophets and evangelists. He said the body of Christ can do this. So this is what we do. Um, find someone that's standing up, go to them, ask them what it is they need prayer for and pray a simple prayer. Pray a simple prayer. And by that, I mean, we're not going to ask God to heal them because the blood of Jesus has already been shed. Amen. And, and part of the price that he paid was for our healing. Okay. So we're going to command, we're going to speak to whatever it is, allergies, uh, left hips. If, it, if there's pain, we're going to tell it to go away. We're going to command this sickness, this disease, whatever it is they have to go. So let's take the next 30 seconds. Ready? Go. you, God. We just release your kingdom in this room. Thank you, God, for healing, being released, for pain going in the, the left hip, the right ankle. God, just curse allergies at the root right now. In Jesus' name. Five more seconds. Are we ending? Awesome. Well, I know you guys with allergies, you're going to have to check it out later. But if anybody has anything, if you had pain in your left hip or right ankle or anything like that, can you check it out and test it out and see? Is, is anybody feeling any kind of change, any, anything better? Thank you, Jesus. You are. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Who had the left hip? You did? Do you feel it, God, doing a little bit? Yeah. So more, Lord. We just release more. Thank you, God, for uh, relief in pain. God, we just command pain to go. Command that hip to go back to where it belongs. We just speak new cartilage, new sinews, new... new, um, new um, tendons and and freedom in the joint in jesus name in jesus name amen all right all right yeah Ar arnie said that um i i get to it's the best thing i've ever done in my life get to oversee the uh healing rooms and we have a healing room i, I heard you guys have yours on thursday we have ours on saturday morning from from 9 to 11 every morning and uh one of my friends from the healing room is here sarah she came so it's good to see you um uh, I have one more question, uh, and and this is there anyone here that is a school teacher or teaches school? Anyone? You have a daughter. You kind of said yes, maybe no. You do from time to time. Um, are you like a substitute teacher? You have been. Well, I I just felt like um, the Lord was gonna really open up. Um, 
an angelic realm for you. And, and as you go into schools, he's going to prepare the way before you. And um, I feel like that he's really going to partner with you in um, freedom for people, like releasing people um, that especially carry a lot of fear, a lot of worry, anxiety. Uh, I feel like he's going to give you an anointing to see people set free from that when you go into the schools. So, all right, all right awesome. Um, well, I, I was um, telling Jay before we were in, um, in there praying that we've, at Res, we've just come out of 21 days of prayer. Um, we had a focus starting um, in August to go into 21 days every day we've been praying. Um, and we've just been in this season of crying out to the Lord for more, crying out for revival. And um, I'm going to kind of share with you. <laughs> I feel like the Lord has given me a, a word for you that's a little bit different, but I'm probably just going to share with you where I'm at. And um, where I believe the Holy Spirit is is really taking all of us, um, I believe there's there's two things going on. Number one, I believe that um, the body of Christ is entering into a season of consecration, and that's a real personal thing between between you and the Lord. And the second thing I feel like He's doing is um, it's a preparation, uh, it's a digging of new wells or redigging old wells for revival that's going to lead to an open door and an open heaven. And that's a corporate thing that we can all do together. Amen? I feel like the, the Lord is bringing us into an open door season of his presence where suddenly things are going to begin to happen. Unexpected surprises from the Lord. And everywhere you go, every lot of the, the speakers that you listen to they're all saying something similar. There's a stirring everywhere for revival. Um, you know, we have yet to see on a worldwide scale, not just the United States, but we've yet to see the greatest point of the spirit that God is wanting to bring. Um, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. You know, it happened at Pentecost 2,000 years ago, but there's another one coming. There's another Pentecost coming there's more. There's so much more. Um, did, did any of you guys ever, uh, did you go to the call or listen to the call that was in April? Lou Engel had the call Azusa. Did you go? Did, were you guys there? No? You watched it on, online? Um, I got the chance to go, and um, it was sort of a last-minute decision, but I'm so glad I did um, because when I was there, uh, I've always felt a heart for revival. I've, I've read books on revival that have wrecked me. You know, there's, there's kind of a, about three things that the Lord has highlighted in, in my life over the years, and it's the prophetic, it's healing, and it's revival. Um, those three are the things that get me going, and I want more, I want more, I want more. And and um, I'd never been to a call before. There's been many, many of them. I've, I've watched them online before, but I just felt like I was supposed to go to this one. And so um, we have a school of ministry down at Res, and some of the students and the directors were like, why don't you come with us? And so my husband said, yeah, sure, you can go. <laughs> and I, I, I got to go. And we, we actually came into Los Angeles 
the day before the call started. It was a Saturday that it started, but we got there um, on Thursday night. So we had all day Friday to do whatever we wanted to do. And, you know, having read books on Azusa, on the revival that happened, um, there's several really, really good ones out there. But I remember hearing about this place where it started. It wasn't called Azusa. It was this tiny little house on Bonnie Bray Street. And I didn't realize that that place is still there. The house is still there. Uh, I think it's like a Pentecostal society that's caring for it. And it's sort of, sort of like a museum, actually. And so um, what we wanted to do was find the Bonnie Bray house and then find Azusa Street, because there is an Azusa Street in downtown Los Angeles. And of course, because the call was going on, there was a lot of activity down there. There was a worship team and um, prayer going on where either the actual building isn't still there, but where the site was, there was prayer going on. So we went to Bonnie Bray House first. And the thing that really struck me, um, <laughs> it's a tiny house. It's not even as big as this room. It's a little bungalow. Uh, you walk in the front door, there's one little parlor in the front, and there's a piano that's still there. And um, the story is that, that it was mostly a, a group of African-Americans that got together and started praying and crying out for revival. And, and the Holy Spirit fell. And there was a woman there, I don't remember her name, she, she was a young woman, like in her 20s, and uh, she'd never played the piano before. But the Spirit of God came, and, and he could do this because he's the creator of everything. He instantly gave her the ability to play the piano. So she got on the piano and started playing. So that's a very special piano. They really don't like you touching it. But the thing that hit me, um, there's another, like a small kitchen and a bathroom and maybe one bedroom. And then another room that's on the left side. And um, in this room, as we were walking through, the Spirit of God just hit us. Um, and uh, we were, uh, Harmony Brown, who's the, one of the directors of our school, and I were just sort of plastered against the wall, feeling like the Lord was just pressing up against us. And I thought, what is it about this room? There was this giant pulpit in there and there was a plaque on the pulpit i walked over and it said this was katherine coleman's pulpit and i thought well no matter no wonder we're getting whacked in this room but the point I'm, i want to make is it doesn't take a lot of people and it doesn't take a big big place to impact the world to impact the world bonnie bray house is this tiny tiny house and it started small and it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew until they had to go to Azusa Street. But even Azusa Street, by modern standards, probably wasn't a huge, huge building. But the history that that place made in our lives, you know, if, if you're a spirit-filled believer, you're directly impacted, directly impacted by what God did there. And it has spread the fire of God has spread all over the world, and it's continuing to spread. It started in a small place. So don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small beginnings. God, 
the people whose hearts are turned towards him, he can do anything. He can do anything. The sky's the limit with him. You know, um, we invited, we, we have these meetings that we do once a month now called First Tuesday Encounters. And um, I think you've, you, you've been there to some of them. Um, Baloo was there uh, in July and it was amazing. But the first Tuesday of every month, we have these encounter meetings. And the purpose behind it is um, we ask people in that have seen kingdom breakthrough. We, we want people that, that have seen um, revival, that have seen kingdom breakthrough. And we don't want it just for ourselves. We don't even want it just for Northern Colorado. We want it for the whole region. So you guys are more than welcome to come. Um, you know, we're not that far down the road. So uh, it's an it's a easy drive on I-25. We're right off of there at the first Tuesday of every month. This Tuesday, we're going to have John Bevere. Um, he's going to be our speaker in September. We don't have one in December, but the rest of the year, um, you can just go on the website and, and, and check it out. So I invite you guys to come um, to, down to that. It's, it's, it's been amazing what, what God's been doing. Um, you know, but it was funny. I, I, um, when Lou was here, we got the honor of um, taking him out for a meal before he spoke. And we've been doing this for a year now, so we've had several speakers come come through. And uh, while we were at dinner, Lou um, turned and looked at me and said, why did you invite me? And um, I started crying, crying. I'm like, you, Arnie. <laughs> um, and it just, I said, I, I wanted you to come. We wanted you to come because you haven't given up on America yet. Haven't given up on revival in America. You are still preaching it. You're still praying for it. You're still plowing the ground for it. You carry that anointing of revival for America. And um, I'm so glad we had him. We're so glad we had him. But I want to talk about here. There's a history here. There's a well here for revival that God wants unstopped and flowing here in this place, here in this region, here in Cheyenne. Amen? And that word is happening everywhere, but he wants it to happen here. You're a vineyard church. There's history, amazing history with the vineyard. John Wimber and power evangelism. I think he was one of the pioneers of that, you know, of, of hitting the streets with signs and wonders, prophetic words, um, healing. He, he, he developed the five-step prayer model, which if you're in a healing room, it's probably what you use. It's what we use um, down in Loveland every Saturday. We we train people every month, the five-step prayer model. There is an amazing history or well that you guys possess. So I'm going to speak to you about wells, about redigging wells of fresh living water, wells of the Holy Spirit, wells of revival, which I believe is corporate preparation. Wells of water, they bless a city, don't they? Not just an individual. And then I'm going to talk about personal consecration, which is individual preparation 
for a last day's outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So how many would you how many of you would you say I need revival? I need revival. I want revival. Not just not just for the church. God starts with the church. We're his agent here. We're who he has to work with. And there are thousands of people out there that don't know him, need an encounter with him, need to know his love. And it starts with us. We need to be on fire. We need to be on fire. We need to be on fire. <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to start in uh, Genesis 26. Um, and this is the story of Isaac going back to where his father was, Abraham, and redigging re the wells of revival. Um I'm going to start in, in verse 18 and go through 22. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which, <laughs> thanks, Sarah. Uh, Isaac dug again the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he gave them names by which his father had called them. Now Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of living spring water and the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying that water is ours and he named the well Essek or contention because they quarreled with him and then his servants dug another well and they quarreled over that also so he named it Sitna or enmity and he moved away from there and dug another well and for that one they did not quarrel he named it Rehoboth or room saying for now the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. So there's three different wells that they dug. And, uh, you know, how many of you have been walking with Jesus for a while? I've been walking with him. I got saved in, in 1982. I got saved actually in a room a lot like this, in a meeting a lot like this. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I went to college and got saved at 21. And it was, uh, I was walking across campus one day, and a man comes up to me and hands me a pamphlet and says, does God still speak through prophets today? And I'm like, I don't know what a prophet is, so I don't know. And I went to my very first charismatic meeting, and this man that was speaking was prophetic, and he pointed to me and, and read my mail. I got saved. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and my life was never the same. So it's, it feels like home in here. It's like this, this is very comfortable. Um, but there are three wells that, that are mentioned. I've read this story over and over and over again because I'm old, as Arnie already pointed out. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'd never really noticed this before. And I think it was after Lou was here and we were getting ready to go into this 21 days of prayer our senior pastor, uh, Jonathan, said, you know, guys, this is where I want to take this prayer time. I want to take it to Isaiah 26, or, or uh, Genesis 26 about Isaac. And so I started reading it again and again, and those three wells popped out, out at me. The first one was called Essek, which meant contention. And if you look up 
that in the strong concordance, or you look it up in the dictionary, contention is a struggling together in opposition or strife. It's a striving in rivalry, a competition, and a contest. That's what contention means. Strife in debate, dispute, controversy, or a heated disagreement. It doesn't sound very good, does it? No. The second one was called enmity, or sitna. I think maybe I'm pronouncing that right in the Hebrew. It's the state of feeling or being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. It's a very deep, oh, that's what that's for. Thank you. <laughs> it's a very deep, unfriendly feeling. That's also not a very good word, is it? Enmity and contention. But the third one, so he has, he has the herdsmen of Gerar going after him on, on those first two. And he says, fine, we'll go do another one. And it's called room. It's called room, which means wide places or streets, broad or open place. God is wanting to open up the well of living water. And there are two keys or two obstacles here that he's speaking to us about. Issues in our hearts that need to be removed. Enmity and contention or strife. Those two things will kill a move of the Spirit. And if you're like me and you like to read about revivals, you read the history of revival, um, you know, the, the average revival really only lasts maybe a couple of years. Um, most of them don't go on and on and on. There's very few that have, um, if you're into history. But when you go back and look at the history of it, why did it stop? It's usually one of those things. It's usually strife, enmity, contention, or jealousy. I know specifically Azusa, um, they say stopped because of the jealousy of people around them. And they were um, trying to steal, you know, that was back in the day of, days of snail mail. And I'm sure back then it was very slow, but they, they were stealing the mailing list of the mission that was there. And through contention and strife and jealousy, the, the revival ended. It, it just ended. So those are stumbling blocks and, and, and blockages that the Lord is, is wanting to remove from our hearts. To dig a well or redig a well it takes work, and you can move a lot more dirt with more people. But what does Jesus say? Where two or three are gathered, I'm right there in the midst. In this room, this room could change the world. This room. You that are sitting in this room could change the world. You know, there's, there's big platforms, there's big names, there's people that are known by us, but there's people that are known in heaven, people that are famous in heaven. And Arnie and Bev, you're two of those people that are famous in heaven. You know, if there was anyone that 
exemplified the word servant, it would be you too. It would be you too. And I just believe God wants to honor you um, and bless you. I feel like he's going to take you to another level. You've been so faithful. There's a banner over you that declares and proclaims faithful. The servant is the one that inherits the kingdom. He inherits the kingdom. And I see, you know, we talk about keys to the kingdom. I see God adding keys to your keychain. There's more things, more things that the Lord's going to unlock for you. Don't say it's too late because it's not too late. It's not too late. Yeah. You guys are awesome. And we miss you, by the way. So to dig a well or redig a well, it takes work. It takes work, doesn't it? It takes work in prayer. It takes work in prayer. But God hears every prayer. He honors every prayer. It's a corporate work of prayer that's happening. And together we can change the atmosphere. Together we can bring living water to this city. You know, I was telling Jay and Joy when we were praying, um, they were talking about prophetic words for this region that they had just heard. How many of you like, I love prophetic words. I love, I love to hear God's plan. You know, I love to hear what he's saying about us or what he's saying about a, a, a place or a city or, you know, you're called to this city, you're called to this region. And um, it was a few months back, someone, uh, it's, a, it's a gentleman that drives up from Denver every Saturday morning to our healing room. And he's, he is like a, a strategic regional intercessor. Um, and so I love, love it when he walks in because it's like, I hear the new strategy, you know, every time I see, every time I see him. And so he, he spoke to me kind of at the end of last, last year and said, hey, Kathy, have you heard the word that Benny Hinn gave? And I said, no, I, I didn't, you know, I, I don't, I don't watch a lot of Christian TV. Um, I have certain ministries that I probably follow more on the internet than I do, um, you know, I don't have anything against Christian TV, but there's just certain ministries that I follow more and I don't have anything against Benny Hinn either. So he said, go on YouTube, you can find it. And it was um, the Holy Spirit's returning to America. And what, what he said, what Benny said was he had gotten to the place with the Lord where he said, you know, I've kind of given up on America. Um, you know, when you look at the headlines, it doesn't look really good right now, <laughs> um, especially as we're headed more fast at a breakneck speed towards the election. It's like, it doesn't, I'm not going to say politics and I'm not going to say one side or the other, but it's not looking real good. And so he had basically given up on America and said, you know, I'm going to concentrate on the other countries of the world where, you know, India and Africa, where the spirit of God is really moving. And I'm going to go over to the, to China and just kind of giving up on America. But the Lord arrested him. The Holy Spirit arrested him. And on one of his programs, um, he spoke this word of prophecy. It probably goes on for about 20 minutes. And he names certain areas of our country, uh, one being this area, this region, of, and he really kind of zeroes in on the Southwest. And the thing that has, has revived me recently uh, is, is him hearing, and I've heard other people say this too, not just him, in the last few months, specifically about Colorado. Even Lou was 
saying things about Colorado um, and this area. We include you, include you guys with, you know, you're just, you know, it's just down the road. So we include you in that. But he said every city, every town, your city, so you're included, is going to be full of the fire and the anointing of God. And that we will see amazing, incredible salvations, healings, and deliverances in our cities. In our cities. In this city. That's what God wants to do. So we need to partner with heaven. There is an open heaven here. There is an open heaven. So we need to partner with heaven. It's time to pull heaven down. You know, we've, we've been busy pulling down strongholds. We've been busy going after the enemy, and that's not a bad thing. But it's time to pull heaven down. It's time to pull that down into this region. Isaiah 57, 14 and 15 says this. And the word of one shall go forth, cast up, cast up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of the spiritual return of my people. For thus says the high and lofty one, he who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, but with him also, who is a thoroughly penitent and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the thoroughly penitent. That's the Amplified. The NIV says it's the contrite and the lowly that the Lord dwells with. So contrite means crushed or broken, and lowly means low and humble, to lay low or to show abasement. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And Proverbs 29, 23 says, Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. There is an outpouring of fresh living water. God wants to pour it out. He's going to pour it out on the humble. Why not here? Why not here? There's a real sweet, sweet spirit here. There's a sweet presence of the Holy Spirit here. And um, Jay and Joy, I, I just feel like God wants to say to you that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That God's got it. And that you've been concerned about those that have gone away. But he's got it. He's got a place for you where you're going to stay and everything is going to be okay. I know that's corny. I don't usually rhyme, but. And he's even going to call those that are um, out in the fray. They're going to come out. They're going to come out of the gray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's a real, you just have such pastor's hearts. You have such pastor's hearts. He's going to trust you. He does trust you. He's going to trust you. 
So don't worry about those. He's got more. He's got new. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. It's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to go back into our prayer closets. That's okay. I like outbursts of joy and activity. It's a good thing. It's time to go back into our prayer closets and first cry out to God for a fresh move of the Spirit for our own lives, to remove any obstacles, to return to our first love again. Do you remember what that was like? To be on fire, to be on fire again. God wants his people to be burning, to be burning, to be passionate, to love him with all of our hearts, because he he's that way about us. He's got a fiery love for us, a fiery passion for us. So he's calling us to return to that first love again. You know, some of you may say, but you don't know what's happening in my life. Things are really tough right now. I'm in a bad place. Well, you know, there was a, a woman in the Bible named Esther. And she was in a situation that was pretty bad. I'd say a crisis situation that probably none of us here have ever had to face anything remotely close to what she was facing. She and her people were faced with utter extinction. The man named Haman wanted to come and wipe out. Isn't that a like recurring theme? The devil just wants to wipe out Israel. He wants to wipe out the Jewish people. He wants to wipe out God's people. He wanted to wipe them out because of jealousy. Because of jealousy. There's that stumbling block again. Jealousy. What we face here now in our nation is serious too. Probably not quite that serious, but we have to admit that our answer is not in this election coming up. Our answer, although vote, I will say this, don't not vote. What an what a amazing freedom we've been given in our nation. Our nation is still great because you're in it. Our nation is still great, so don't not vote. But our answer and our deliverance and salvation are only in God, just like it was for Esther. She had nowhere else to turn but to God. There was a statement of death against her and her people. So she went into a time of purification, a time of severe and intense prayer and fasting. I'm not going to call you to prayer and fasting, although maybe God will. Um, but I'll leave that between you and the Holy Spirit. So she went into this time of prayer and fasting, and then she went before the king. And the Bible tells us that before she was ever first even presented to the king as a possibility of being his next new wife, she had to go through a year, a year of beauty treatments. And I'm a girl, but that sounds awful to me. I mean, that just sounds like, what a waste of time, you know? <laughs> but she had to go through a year of beautifying and purifying. The Lord is beautifying and purifying his bride. We are the bride of Christ, and we are looking good. She did six months 
with something called the oil of myrrh, and then six months with perfumes and ointments. I thought, you know, the oil of myrrh, I think, is probably a significant thing that, that stuck out to me. And so I looked up some things about the oil of myrrh. And the oil of myrrh is seen uh, in the life of Jesus two times. It's seen at the beginning of his life when it was the kings from the east that brought him frankincense, myrrh, gold, silver, frankincense, and myrrh. So the, the very beginning of his life, he was given it as a gift. And on the cross, he was offered wine mixed with myrrh. So two times, at the beginning and at the end. Myrrh is um, an oil, a substance that's harvested from a tree, kind of like maple syrup is. Um, they pierce the tree and out drops this resin, and, and it literally is red, looks like blood, a reddish color. The oil of myrrh for Esther was what she bathed in for six months before she came before the king. Six months she bathed in it. And the oil of myrrh, what it represents, what it'll do, uh, it, it, it says that it cures infections. Um, if there's a, there's a bacteria, um, I can't remember the, the clinical name for it, but there's a bacteria that, that if you apply the oil of myrrh, it, it will um, cause that bacteria, cause that infection to be healed. It's a healing, healing thing. My phone wants to join in on us. Um, <laughs> well, we just pray for that connection to be healed. <laughs> um, the oil of myrrh represents purification, dying to self, and preparation for intimacy with the king, with King Jesus. So corporately, I feel like God is wanting wells to be redug, those obstacles to be removed, but individually, personally, for you guys, I feel like God is going to take you into a time of preparation for great, the greatest intimacy that you've ever had with the Lord. The greatest intimacy, the greatest friendship, the greatest relationship, because he's your friend. He's your best friend for face-to-face -face time with King Jesus. I believe he's going to melt you with his love and change you forever. I prophesy this over you. He's going to melt you <laughs> with his love. You know, one moment in the presence of God can change everything. Have you had those moments? He wants to bring more. He wants to bring more. He's calling you back to your first love. He's calling you back to your prayer closets, to your places of prayer with him. Intimacy and closeness to God is the key to everything we do in the kingdom. It's not about performance. It's not about the right words that we say. It's, it's not about our jobs. It's about intimacy with him. It's about being close to him. You know, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do, I only say what I hear the Father say. If he needed it, and he modeled it, we need it. We need it. Yeah. So, Lord, I just pray, God, over this, over this congregation, over this people, 
that you would bring that to pass, God, that, that you would bring times in this place, Lord, where you would melt them with your love, God, that you would change them forever. I thank you, Lord. We sang that song tonight. You're a good, good father. You're in a good mood, God. Lord, I just come against any condemnation. God, I come against any guilt, any shame. I, I ask you, Father, by the Spirit to wipe them away, to wipe them off the tablets of people's hearts. And Father, we just release freedom in this room. We release, release freedom to fall in love with you all over again, Jesus. I pray that over my heart, God, that I would fall in love with you even more, God. There's so much more. You have so much more. And Lord, I pray that you would, you would make us be um, fiery, fiery lovers of you, Jesus, that would be brave, that would be bold, that would speak out when we're around people that don't know you, that we would love them the way you love them. We would see them with your eyes, Jesus. God, that you would anoint us with your presence, with your presence, God, to take it wherever we go. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Intimacy and closeness to God are the key to everything we do. Without intimacy, you, you, you really can't fulfill his perfect plan for your life. Intimacy with God will strengthen your spirit. If you're feeling weak, it's, you need to draw near. It refreshes your soul. It protects you from temptation. It anchors your emotions. I need that. And it builds trust with God. It builds history with God. You know, we've been married 31 years, but we're still learning things about each other. I don't know everything about David Melson yet, and he doesn't know everything about me. It takes time. It takes a relationship, and we're learning. We're super close, but there's even more, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Esther prepared herself. She prepared herself before she first met the king, and then when she had to save her nation, she prepared herself again. She went in prepared before the king, and she found favor. She was there for that time. You're here for this time that famous phrase in the book of Esther. Who knows it, but that you are here for such a time as this. You are here. We are here for such a time as this. God is preparing you. He's preparing us for the greatest days the planet has ever seen. I believe that with all of my heart, with all of my heart, that we haven't seen anything yet, that the best is yet to come concerning the kingdom of God. And I believe the Lord spoke to me and said that there is an Esther anointing on you guys. That you have and you will have great favor with the king. That he has been preparing you. He has been working in your hearts. And there's a time coming when the scepter's going to be pointed at you. Ask the Lord. Ask big Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. Just keep asking. Keep asking. You have and you will have great favor with the king. Um, the other day as I was, I was praying about tonight, um, <laughs> I also, is this your grandson? Awesome. What's his name? Garrett. Garrett. He's adorable. I, as I was praying about tonight, I, I feel like I, I saw something in the spirit that, 
God's going to also be taking you into a season of discovery and invention. And what I saw was like this clear pathway. And one side was one thing and one side was the other thing. And I, when I saw that, I felt like the Lord would say, saying that there's still mysteries about the kingdom of God that have yet to be discovered. And I felt like the Lord compared it to when Ben Franklin was experimenting with electricity. He saw the power. He knew it was there, but he couldn't capture it. He couldn't capture it. And there was, I don't know how many years, hundreds of years. There is being released not only new power from heaven, but like Thomas Edison, he's, God's going to give the insight and wisdom to know how to capture it. So this new power for heaven, this new outpouring of the Spirit is not just for us, for our feelings. It's to empower us to do the work of the kingdom. So I feel like there's new discoveries. There's new inventions. You know, just like you may know it's there, but you haven't been able to capture it yet, there's wisdom and insight coming you to be able to harvest it, to capture it, to make it your own, and to use it. Like we go and turn a switch, and we have light, and it's amazing. There's discoveries like that that have yet to be released into the earth. And I feel like that spirit is, is even being released here right now. So how do I live my life at such a time as this? Maybe Cheyenne or you could be the flashpoint of revival. Why not? Why not? Is it okay to say the R word? Is it okay to say revival? <laughs> Some places it's not. <laughs> you like that word? I like that word too. Renewal, the spirit of God. So what's revival? You've redug that well for a long time. How long? For the vineyard. Awesome. Yeah, the vineyard has a great history. It really does. But what's this revival going to look like? Acts 2, 17 through 21, says this. In the last days, would that be where we're at? Yes. You know, he spoke this 2,000 years ago, and it was the last days then. So this has to be the last of the last of the last of the last. And God typically saves the best for last. So in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, y'all say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's about the harvest. God's trying to connect with us, revive us, get us back on fire about the harvest. It's about them. It's about everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, I wasn't alive during the Jesus People movement. Um, well, I, I was alive, but I wasn't saved. Um, I'm, 
I'm old. We've already established that. I was alive. But I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So I didn't hear about this, you know, revival that started in the 70s, and mostly in Southern California. Um, but I've heard people that were, were in, involved in it speak about it then. Were any of you in the charismatic renewal, the Jesus people movement? Yeah. That, that you could basically say, hi, and someone would say, I want to know Jesus. You know, there was just the spirit of God being poured out in a mighty way where salvation was easy. I believe that God is bringing another movement like that. You know, we, we've been plowing ground, and, and salvation for me and my circle, where I'm from, hasn't necessarily been easy. Um, but I will say that, that in the last, what, two years or so, at Resurrection Fellowship, uh, we've seen more people saved in, in a year, probably the first year that we really made salvation um, uh, uh, something we were going after. We saw more people saved in that year. We've been on staff there for 25 years, probably in, in the entire time that we've been on staff. More first, you know, decisions for Jesus. Um, so God is up to something. He's doing something. He's stirring something in people's hearts. They're hungry. They want, you know, people want what's real. You have what's real. You have Jesus. They want it. So I believe the Lord is calling us corporately to remove those things, but individually just to love him again, just to connect with him again. Just say, Jesus, I want to love you. I want to be yours. I want to be prepared. I want, I want that preparation time to come in my heart. I want every obstacle to be removed. I want to be like you. He's preparing you. You're his bride. You're his beautiful, beautiful bride. Can we pray? Yeah. Holy Spirit, I, I thank you for every person that's in this room. I thank you that you're calling us, all of us, to just radical obedience, radical love. Are you calling all of us to just be focused on you and passionate for you? You're calling us back to our first love, back to you, back to intimacy with you. So Jesus, I just pray right now that, that you would just sweep through this room. It would bring revival, God, to this place. It would revive every heart. Thank you, Jesus. It would revive every heart. I pray that you would take off um, mindsets that say, oh, it won't be me. 
God, you want to use everyone. You want to flow through everyone. You have a plan, an amazing plan for everyone. Lord, I just I ask you to remove blinders. I ask you to remove obstacles. Just usher this place into a new season. Usher this place. Usher this place into a new season of fire, of revival, of laid down love, God. Thank you for this people. I just ask you to bless them, multiply them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Kathy. Hmm. You receive that? Yes. Hmm. And that we are in a new season. Yeah, and it's it's a good one. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, does anyone else have anything they need to share tonight? Okay, well, uh, if you want prayer for anything, or if you have a testimony from being prayed for earlier, then we want to hear from you. <laughs> but we will have our prayer team in, in the prayer room over here. And I just want to tell you that um, that word about the Esther anointing. You're the second witness of that. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so Lord, we thank you for that. We receive it. Uh, I thank you for prompting me uh, to invite Kathy here. Because uh, I knew you had something for us. And Lord, we thank you for what she's sown here. Thank you for her and David's willingness to, to come up here. And Lord, we are connected. We, we really are connected with Colorado. Uh, we're just, you don't see those borders like we do. Uh, <clears throat> and Lord, we, we just embrace what you're saying. We embrace what you're doing. And, and we ask for more. For the glory of your Son. Amen.